Hello, and welcome to Follow the Woo podcast, where each week I, Fenelon Kush, will guide you on a journey into the land of the woo. We're going to investigate witchcraft, meditations, the paranormal and supernatural, alien and fey encounters, gurus, shamanism, and, and, and all the woo. So hold on to your butt. This just might be the weirdest part of your day. Hello, humans. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing mostly well, except it is so fucking hot. Where I live in Louisville, Kentucky, holy shit, we just had this major heat wave and phew, it's the bugs and the humidity for me. It's a lot. I want to go for a walk and not feel like I'm being eaten alive. (laughs) Anyway, this is going to be a solo episode because I kind of want to talk about the summer solstice and Litha. I think it's a really important Sabbath and a Sabbath is a pagan festival commemorating phases of the changing seasons, which is also called the wheel of the year. There's four minor Sabbaths. There's four major Sabbaths. First of all, real quick, if you're not interested in witchy shit, maybe you should just skip this episode. But I got really inspired last night. I was telling Ash, my wife, I was like, I think I'm just going to do this solo episode. I do have this really cool interview with a woman who does cycles of the cards. And I think it might be a two-parter. It was a really good conversation. I was going to post that today, but I decided, you know what? Inspiration caught me. And it said, talk about this Sabbath. So that's my little preface. Anyway, everything about witchcraft is nature-based. So this is the reason for the Wheel of the Year, why witches follow the moon so closely. It's all about sort of following what the planets are up to, right? And what nature and the seasons are up to, which are changing drastically. And I have a theory that like this whole Wheel of the Year thing is going to change because of climate change. So put a pin in that. The major Sabbaths are Beltane, which is around April 30th, Lunasa or Lamas, which is usually like July 31st, August 1st-ish, Samhain, which is also called Halloween now, so October 31st, and Imbolc, which is also called Candlemas or Candlemas, and that's around like February 2nd. There's something about the summer solstice that I really like because it's supposed to be the marking of the beginning of summer, right? Within the context of the wheel of the year. For those of you who have been sweating your balls off for the past like three weeks or more, it doesn't really feel like this is the beginning of summer, right? And that's where I think, I don't know what's going to happen to this wheel of the year. It's almost like we're going to have to shift everything. I am kind of concerned about the extremes that are going on, right? The disappearance of fall and the disappearance of spring. What'll happen? It'll just be like summer and winter, like really brutal cold winters and really fucking hot, like Satan's asshole hot summers. I hope that we pay attention and take care of the earth more. And that's part of why I'm a witch. And that's part of why I wanted to do this solo episode, because even if you're not a witch, even if you're not wanting to get into the pagan shit, it is always a good idea to pay attention to nature. Nature has so much wisdom to offer. If you're guided by the cycles of nature, if nature is giving you clues that, hey, some shit is fucked up, like maybe you shouldn't do this, this, and this, we should be listening. 
I took this permaculture course. I remember just being in awe of these teachers. I mean, they were just so good. They just were filled with knowledge of the natural world. It's like they really walked the talk. They were foraging their own herbs and berries, and they were like in the hunter-gatherer mentality. And one of the first things I was trained to do is find a place in nature. It could be anywhere. It could be in your backyard. If you don't have a backyard, it could be like a park. doesn't matter. And you sit there as often as possible. You know, if you could go every day, that's ideal. Like maybe it's just five minutes, 10 minutes. You don't have your phone. You just watch what nature is up to in that space. And the idea is that over time, especially if you do this in a place that's very unpopulated, right? Like deep within the woods at a park or somewhere like that. Eventually, the goal is to get the squirrels and the little critters and the birds to land on you, to come up and be with you. Because what happens when you do that for a long period of time, they start to recognize you as part of nature. Whereas most of the time, these animals are like, oh God, here comes the dumb human who's going to either kill me or chase me or probably just kill me. Generally, our vibration doesn't match theirs. But if we sit in a spot, we start to observe the natural cycles of nature. Like, what did that squirrel just do? I know it doesn't seem riveting at first, but the more you do it, the more curious you become. You start to see that nature is constantly changing, constantly going through cycles, constantly yielding, surrendering. And obviously it's not going to like instantaneously become like a Snow White situation where you're jamming with your bird friends, you know, just hanging out on your shoulders and stuff. But the point is, is that it is possible. The teachers who I worked with had had experiences like that. I was a philosophy minor in college and I just loved Ralph Waldo Emerson's writings on nature and how there was such wisdom in nature. And that's where you could hear yourself more clearly. That's where you could access the deeper levels of wisdom and that we in our very essential selves are part of nature, but we try desperately not to be part of it. And this is what I've talked about before, this like idea that you're wild, that there's a wild in you that needs to be nurtured, that needs to be acknowledged. And I think witchcraft, paganism, there are other spiritual practices as well. They give you permission to own that wild, to not be afraid of it, and to not be shameful about it because we suppress that all the time because civilized society tells us that being wild, it's not sophisticated, right? Like we have to keep our wild at bay. We have to all wear the same clothes and we're all trying to look like Kim Kardashian for some fucking reason. I don't understand. Like she looks like a plastic thing. I'm so sorry, Kim, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you're not. But if you are, would you just stop? I just think beyond all of this mess and noise, there is this beautiful, wild, sacred being dying to get out. And that's why I practice witchcraft. So what is Litha? Okay, honey peaches. It is also called Midsummer, like that freaky movie that I refuse to watch. It's the summer solstice. So this is the longest day of the year, the longest sunlight of the year. It's called all kinds of things. Gathering day, wit day, Whitsuntide, Vestalia, Thingtide, St. John's Day. 
So this whole wheel is just based on this mythology, a story of basically like a god and goddess doing it and the different phases of that process. I won't get into all the details of that because it gets kind of weird and hairy, but the basics is that the goddess at the summer solstice is now full and pregnant with child, quote unquote, and the sun god is at the height of his virility. So this is the peak of what the sun can do this year. Also, there's these two dudes. There's the Oak King and the Holly King. They're twin brothers, and every year they split up the time. So the Oak King basically wins from Yule, which is the opposite of the summer solstice. So that's the winter solstice, right? So from Yule all the way to Litha, the Oak King is in its reign. That means that the sun is filling up more and more and more until it gets to its peak, which is Litha. The celebration of Litha is like, hell yeah, woo, this is the peak of all this energy and this ability to create because sun is about creation and success and abundance and expansion. But every day after Litha is now the Holly King's reign. And the Holly King is all about that darkness. So it's getting darker and darker and darker and darker until you get to Yule, which is the darkest day. And then you celebrate Yule because you're like, booyah, here comes Uncle. Oak King. And he's going to keep making things brighter and brighter until you get to the motherfucking summer solstice. It's kind of interesting because it's almost Buddhist in nature. This concept that like you're going to celebrate the height of this thing that's very powerful, the sun, but wrapped in that very ceremony, you're acknowledging that this is the beginning of the change. So it's preparing you for the changing seasons. It's preparing you for the movement to the dark. One of the central concepts in Buddhism is this idea of impermanence. Everything changes. In Pali, the language that Buddha or Gautama Siddhartha spoke, the word is anicca, anicca, anicca. So when you go to like Specifically, it's usually Vipassana courses. You'll hear this over and over again. Anicca, Anicca, Anicca. And they say it like that because it's this constant reminder that like if you are in pain from sitting, it'll pass, it'll pass, it'll pass. If you are feeling anger or sadness, it'll pass, it'll pass, it'll pass. On the other hand, if you are feeling excited and happy and enthusiastic, it'll pass, it'll pass, it'll pass. So it's like this idea of keeping the pendulum in the middle. One end of the pendulum is like happiness and excitement. And the other end is depression and sadness. So people are like, well, wait a second. I want to feel excited and I want to feel enthusiastic. You can feel that way, but you have to remember that this is a polarity planet. That's what the Buddha was trying to teach us. That's what Jesus was trying to teach us too. Pretty much all of the ancient wisdom teachers were trying to teach us this idea of walk the middle path because there's this karmic sort of law that the universe, or at least this planet follows. And this idea that if you go to the other end, you're going to go to the other end. That's how the pendulum moves. And my great grandmother, my mom, she used to always say, if we were laughing like hysterically, she'd be like, be careful because you're laughing like that now. You're going to be crying later. And it's a funny thing to say because it's almost like foreboding joy. You got to be careful, right? Like you don't want to not laugh because laughter is sacred. But at the same time, she was right. If you're really fucking crying too, you're going to be laughing later. It's this idea of just remembering 
impermanence. It's not going to last. It's going to move. It's going to change. And the more you're prepared for that change, the more you've surrendered to that, the more you are in the flow with nature, with the natural current of the rhythm of this planet. And that's what you want, right? That's where maximum manifesting happens. That's where magic synchronicities happen. It's when you're in downstream kind of mode. And just in case you're getting hung up on that, like, oh, am I never supposed to be happy? Just remember that the middle, when that pendulum is still, it's joy. It's a peacefulness. So I think there's some like misunderstandings around the definitions of these words. And I think what Guatama specifically was trying to explain was that extremes, be careful with them because this is a polarity planet. So just try to stay as even as possible and know that even if something kick ass happens to you, feel it, be grateful for it, lean into it, enjoy it, but don't hoard it. Don't flaunt it. Don't get addicted to it because it's going to change. It always does. Our bodies are going to change. Kim Kardashian is trying desperately to look a certain way and like eventually she's going to, something's going to happen. She's either going to start sagging. I'm not sure. Like I, I don't know what's going to happen to these people that have so much silicone and other materials in their faces and like butts. <laughs> Here's the thing. Let me also just say, if you wish to do that to yourself, more power to you. But I just hope that you're doing it from a place that's not blocking you from your deeper purpose. Like if your mind is completely occupied with how I need to look better, then you are wasting so much energy that could be used to do cool shit in this world. And you have a purpose. Whoever's listening to this, you absolutely have a purpose. And I don't know what that is. Only you do. And you have to find it. I know I get on my soapbox about this, but I'm so passionate about this topic. Like I see so many women, especially who are just kind of throwing their incredible brains away because they've decided that the entirety of their worth has to do with how they look in comparison to other people and an absolutely insane standard that Hollywood has created for us. So one of the other cool things about Litha is that traditionally, a lot of people believe that this is when fairies are interested in visiting us in this dimension or becoming more noticeable, I'll say. So if you feel inclined, you could put out a little bit of milk and honey or something for them. Obviously, this is a very sun-centered holiday, so fire is going to be the element. You can work spells around that fire, or you can just fucking roast a marshmallow. You can do whatever the fuck you want. I think we're going to probably do like a little incantation or something, and then also I'm going to be making some cupcakes. And they're going to be orange, I think. I'm going to try. I'm really not good at cooking or baking. I am not a kitchen witch, but I stumbled across this recipe online. It's an actual four litha solstice cupcake recipe. And I got so excited. I was like, I'm doing it. I'm probably going to put it on TikTok. So you could see that if you want. It'll probably be a shit show. But those are the kinds of things that you can do during this holiday. Everything that's orange, yellow, like summer squash, lemons, oranges. These are all foods that are really auspicious. 
Side note, in other traditions that aren't pagan, especially in some of the like traditional kundalini practices, there is this really strong power center on solstices and equinoxes. If you're working a spell, or even if you're not working a spell, but you just want to create an intense intention, fucking do it on an equinox or a solstice. These are really, really powerful days. They have lots of energy behind them. You know how there's different energies for the days of the week? Like every day of the week kind of has a vibration to it if you're paying attention. People are generally in a better mood on Fridays. Monday's got kind of like a heaviness to it. Throughout the week, there's these feelings and vibrations For thousands and thousands of years, people have been honoring solstices and equinoxes as power days. If you wanted to extract energy for a practice today, you could pull from the sun god. You could give a blood offering if you feel interested in that. And you don't have to go crazy. You could just like prick a little spot on your finger and give a tiny bit of blood as an offering as a way to then invoke after that if you wish. You could do a lot of kundalini kriyas today or just all this week and really kind of piggyback on that energy that the sun is emitting right now. So it's not just pagans that celebrate the solstice. I mean, it's literally pretty much every mysticism, which is like the underbelly of every religion, has honored solstices, has honored equinoxes. I find that incredibly fascinating. I think people really forget this and they get stuck in their particular religion and they get adamant about saying that the other person's religion is wrong. I took a Christianity college course. And we studied the Bible extensively. I also took comparative religions. I took an ancient Egypt college course. I took mythology. And guess what they taught me? They're all the fucking same. At the end of the day, the core, the base of these traditions are essentially the same. Remember who you are, this divine entity, but also be grounded. It's all about this balance. And that's why bringing it back, the wheel of the year is so perseverant, really. If you're working with deities during this time, there's all kinds that are related to the solstice. Aphrodite is one, Freya, Ishtar, Helios, obviously the Holly King, like I mentioned before, Sol, Ra, Zeus, Thor, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. You know, you just Google a god that you're interested in, see if it's connected to Litha if you wish to speak with them. I also want to tell you about this spell I've been working. I wanted to share this with you just in case you're a little disconnected from your power. Magic does work. You just have to really believe that it does and give it the time that it deserves And you have to get yourself in magical mode, essentially. Like you have to get yourself in a relaxed and vulnerable state to be able to manifest. I love this story because it surprised me. Just a couple weeks ago, I officiated a wedding. And my wife and I were really struggling with the idea of going to this wedding. Not because we don't love the people who got married. We absolutely do. It was such an honor for me to be chosen to be the officiant. But because Jesus airplane tickets are so expensive right now. And it was just like, how are we going to make this happen? Actually, that's when the first sort of weirdness happened with this trip. Months before this wedding, we were really like, I don't know if we can go. I don't know if we can go. 
And out of nowhere, our friends came into like a butt ton of money and they just texted us. We hadn't even said anything to them. And they just texted us and said, hey, we'd love to just like pay for a huge portion of this trip essentially because we have it and we we don't know what to do with all this money. Please just let us. It's not weird or anything. Just let us give you this money. And we were like, oh my God, thank you so much. Are you sure? So there was that. It was like, okay, you got to go to this wedding. It's happening. So then fast forward to a few weeks before the actual wedding, I start doing this spell. And I sit in front of my mirror, which is a really great place to do spell work, but you got to do it carefully because you want to make sure you protect mirrors. They can turn into portals pretty quickly. You always want to close it when you're done and make sure it's really, really closed. There's a lot of different techniques you can do to do that. If you need help with that, feel free to email me. But I sit in front of my mirror and I get myself into this relaxed sort of vulnerable state. And then I do what's called an open eye meditation, which is usually done with another person. Basically, two people sit across from each other and they look at each other in the eyes for a long period of time until things start to happen. It can get really weird really quickly. It can also get really weird really quickly if you do it with yourself in a mirror, especially if you have the intention of doing spell work. So I started working with this idea of a web, like a spider's web, almost like Spider-Man, very kindly and gently pulling in the appropriate people needed for this paranormal show that I've been working on. For those of you who don't know, we had all this amazing momentum for the show, and then we lost somebody who was really essential, who is the cinematographer for the show. And it was just kind of like, okay, I'm calling for a cinematographer. I'm Spider-Man web-pulling to me, a new cinematographer. And I gave the cinematographer characteristics. I said that they're queer, that they're connected to Louisville somehow, that they're interested in the paranormal, and that they're a very good cinematographer. That's what I wanted to manifest. The spell had a lot of other components as well. And so I was like really getting into it and it was getting really weird. And there was all this energy and I could feel it moving every time I worked the spell. And I did it like maybe five, six times before we went to the wedding. So we get to the wedding and we didn't really deeply connect with any of our friends who got married, their friends, you know, except there was this one person and... We sit down with them and they proceed to tell us how they are a cinematographer. They're queer. They're from Louisville. Like they literally grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. And the wedding was in Portland, Oregon, people. Come on. And they proceeded to tell me about their deep interest in the paranormal, fae, and all kinds of stuff. Afterward, I was like, holy shit. That was literally verbatim what I asked for verbatim. The only thing that was like a little bit off is that I did say connected to Louisville. When I said that, I meant local because this person lives in Portland. So I got what I asked for, which is that they are connected to Louisville. That's where they grew up. That's a good lesson. Be careful what you wish for because you usually get exactly what you ask for. And so you have to be careful with the wording of things. Either way, though, this person and I hopped on a Zoom call and now they're going to be the cinematographer for this show. So for those of you who are like, I don't know about magic. I don't think spells work. That really happened. You can actually ask the cinematographer someday. I'm probably going to have them on the podcast, but you should believe in magic. Okay, in conclusion, 
celebrate the sun somehow. Make some cupcakes, carve out some time for yourself, light a fire. If you can't light a fire, light a fucking match. Turn your stove on for a while. Roast a marshmallow on your stove if that's all you have. I don't know. Just do something to recognize, to pause for a minute, to say, hey, I see that the cycles of this earth are changing. We get so caught up in all this fluff And we forget about tuning in to the little bumblebees outside our door or the bunny in your neighbor's yard. If you are doing a spell for Litha, starting with gratitude is really smart, especially if you're working with a specific god or goddess, expressing gratitude for what the earth, what the universe has offered you is always going to put you in a better space before you try to do any manifestation. That's something I try to remember as well. Also, remember that the sun is now entering into cancer. So we're now in cancer season. This is a lovely time for sensitivity and introspection. And anyway, thanks for listening to me babble on about the summer solstice. I hope you're doing something that you really fucking care about today. Ooh, I can't stop talking. I forgot to tell you, throughout the month of June, you should be able to see five of the nearest planets with your naked eye. So that includes Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. This is super rare. The last time it happened was in December of 2004. It won't happen again until 2040. All month, you should be able to like maybe get a glimpse of the planets, but the best time is on the early hours of June 24th. Chani Nicholas, who is an amazing astrologer, says the best way to see them is to set your alarm clock 30 minutes before sunrise, wherever you are. So Google what time sunrise is, set your alarm clock for 30 minutes before that, and then go outside. If you can get up somewhere high, that's probably your best spot, obviously. I'll let you know how it goes. Okay, I am actually leaving you for real now. Have a great day. I love you. Bye. Thank you for following The Woo with me today. If you love what you heard, please make sure to subscribe to Follow The Woo wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're feeling particularly stoked about this show, please leave a review and or rating. You can also support this podcast by becoming a member of The Order of Woo, where you'll get community access and loads of extra goodies exclusively on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash follow the woo. The Order of Woo patrons bolster this podcast and community and allow for the creation of more content, products, services, and events over time. Every little bit helps, and I'm so grateful for the patrons who have joined the order already. If you've experienced something magical, mystical, or just downright weird and want to discuss it, or if you're interested in sharing your expertise, or if you want me to research a woo topic with you or for you, please email me at followthewoo at gmail.com. Join me next week for another woo topic. And remember, tell the truth, be nice to each other, and if it feels right, 